concept for EPAR trade is basically, in my opinion, there's a big hole in the internet. So the internet started many years ago, but there's never been an online business community for racers on the World Wide Web. The need for EPAR trade is actually quite obvious. Basically, people in the business of auto racing need a place online to hang out and get their problems solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information. If it's a company, you click on request more information. And then from there, it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At epartrade there is no e-commerce, it's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your workday in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know you're current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all of that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of EPAR trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. EPAR trade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. Good morning from California. I am Francisco Savignard, the founder and CEO of EPAR trade. With me this morning is Judy Kin, the co-founder of EPAR trade, and the wonderful uh, Jeff Hammond, our great host, who was an, in the winner circle, winner circle a few uh, uh, weeks ago, right? Or oh, recently, a couple of weekends ago, Jeff, right? Yes, I was very blessed, you know, working with the SRX guys. Uh, I had Tony Stewart as my driver, one of my drivers that night, and uh, up at Eldora, and we were able to. Uh, hold on and uh, win a, uh, an around as far as the uh, six race series we got going on. And this week we're going to be headed back up to Wisconsin to the Slinger uh, area, Slinger Raceway, and we'll be putting on another big show. So we're really excited about that. Excellent. Congratulations, Jeff. That's Thank a you. Big deal. Judy, you have some big announcement to make, right? Yes. Happy to announce that we finally have a sponsor presenting sponsor, ARP Fasteners. They jumped on board this uh, special sponsorship. See their logo right there. <laughs> and uh, it's just, we're so lucky to have worked at PRI for 20 years and we have great relationships with both buyers and suppliers. Yeah, you work with ARP for a very long time, Judy, for sure. That's, uh, we're delighted to have them on board with us. So thank you, thank you very much. And uh, I'm getting a signal from our producer, Reed Keneski. We're going to bring Mark Hervé, who um, is a dear friend of mine. Uh, so, Jeff, we're going to be talking French today, right? If you say so, you may have to stay <laughs> on with me. So, Mark is based in France, and he runs the uh, entire motorsport division for early count around the world. So, I see Mark popping up. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Hi, good morning. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm good. Thank you very much. 
Okay, so Jeff, you in charge, and we'll uh, see you in about an hour. Okay, that sounds good, but don't you go very far. I may need help. <laughs> I, I will be right there. I will be right, right. there. Yeah, don't leave me hanging there. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. I mean, uh, it's a great opportunity for me, uh, you know, showing what uh, the company early can, can provide in motorsports through ePower Trade. And uh, please just be nice with me, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, what time is it where you are? Uh, 6 p.m. actually. 6 p.m. Okay. Yeah, well, you, you kind of like ending your day then. We're just kind of like halfway through ours. Yeah, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Uh, I've had I've had the pleasure of uh, having somebody come on from Australia, and I called them at like uh, I think about three thirty in the morning. So I sure I want to make sure what the time clock was. But Mark, go ahead and uh, kind of I've been doing some research on y'all's company, and I mean it's so massive. I mean it covers so many different things, not just racing, but you know the aero uh, space industry as well as the medical industry. You guys, I mean you're. I mean, to me, I'd have to say you're like a gigantic octopus to a certain degree. You got, you got arms everywhere. So uh, how about bringing us up to speed and, and, and lead us in the right direction? Because here again, this here is a, um, an area that I have some knowledge of, but I would be better served to say I have no knowledge of. So educate me. All right, good. Thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, so I'm going to share, uh, you know, a presentation. Uh, basically, the idea is to go through some uh, uh, somehow theoretical uh, uh, things, but please interrupt me anytime. Uh, so this way, uh, we, we, we give actually more interaction. Let me know when you see the screen. Uh, we, I see the screen, the powerhouse of innovation in motorsports. All right. All right. So thank you very much. Uh, so as I say, just a few words about me, because you know, uh, you guys now are very well known from the whole motorsports uh, uh, industry. Uh, but for me, as you may recognize by my accent, I'm actually French. Um, I've been working in the coating industry for now uh, 22 years. Uh, maybe it's time to do something else, I don't know. Uh, and I've been lucky to work in the motorsports industry for at least 20 years. Uh, so I still remember the very first time that I met Francisque, uh, which was yesterday. Um, and I'm still enjoying every day since then, uh, talking with very high skilled people uh, into the motorsports industry and actually worldwide. So um, what I would like to go through is very few words about Erlikon, the company itself, uh, give you a quick introduction to the, the technologies uh, that we use uh, for the motorsports industry, capital fabrication, uh, how we can combine everything. And which is why, you know, we said that we, we consider ourselves as the powerhouse uh, because we can combine solution, uh, a few words. And uh, depending on the time we get, uh, go through an open discussion. But uh, all along the presentation, Jeff, if you have any questions, just interrupt me, okay? We'll do that and we'll keep an eye out, you know, for the folks that are, uh tuned in. I think we got some folks already that are very eager to learn about what's going on here. So as we go along, if they throw a question out there, you know, we may call a timeout and uh, try to address it at that moment. Okay. Sure. Thank you very much. So a few words again, I'm not going to bother you with, with Tonos number, but as you say, Erlikon is a massive group, uh, which is composed today of two big division. Uh, one is what we call the, 
with polymer processing solution, which is more about fibers, yarns, uh, non-woven products that you will find on technical textile or you know carpets, these kind of things. Uh, we both manufacture the yarn, but also the machine and the full automatization of the machine. Uh, but today uh, we're going to look more about what we call the surface solution division. Uh, so in surface solution today, uh, we have different kind of uh, subdivision and different products we can offer. Um, very first one is what we call Ehrlichan AM, AM for additive manufacturing. Uh, so it's going to be the, the 3D printing branch. Uh, Ehrlichan Metco, uh, which is, as you can see on the picture, uh, it's more a coating division about thermospray, uh, thick film, uh, we'll show you more afterwards. And Ehrlichan Bazers, uh, which is more about the vacuum coating and the seam film uh, application. So as you said, uh, today, Ehrlichan, Bazers, Medco, and AM, we are covering a lot of different industries. It goes from aerospace, medical, the semicon industry, uh, oil and gas. Uh, but, but here today, it's really all about uh, motorsports. Uh, when we look to the three divisions, Bazers, Medco, and AM, uh, we are talking from diffusion or micrometers up to real parts. So, you know, with, with the colleague from AM, uh, we're going to talk about real parts, printed, physical parts that you can have in hand. Uh, with the Metco technology, uh, we start talking in a few hundreds micrometer up to millimeters, really. So I will refer very often to Metco as, you know, the thick film uh, application. And for Bazers, um, we talk about thin film. Uh, simply because, as you can see here on the picture, uh, it's only few micrometer uh, coating that we're going to apply. So here, I'm not going to spend more time on the company itself, uh, but I don't know, maybe you have already a few questions. Well, I was just looking here and, and what you're starting out and what you're saying, make sure I'm following your lead, is that with the coatings you have, it, it could be, like I say, not even enough to know it's there type coating and you can build from that point and make it thicker. Now, is this an application that we find um, with bearing companies maybe that send stuff to you to have bearings coated so that, you know, they could um, improve the wear as far as the bearings concerned? Yeah, exactly. I mean, bearing is one of the application that we have. Um, uh, not much really in the motorsports application today uh, uh, bearing today, we work more with, for example, you know, wind turbine application, this kind of uh, a big, big roller bearing uh, right. where we got a lot of loads, a lot of wear, uh, and where basically, you know, you cannot change anything on, on the wind turbine every Sunday because uh, there is something wrong. Uh, uh, but, but here you will see a few application uh, later uh, in the presentation. But yes, okay. it goes from different thickness, different application. Uh, but on the coating parts, we will always focus about friction and wear. That will be the main focus uh, of, of what we're looking at. Okay. Um, so maybe I can go through the technology and I'm pretty sure that that will be here, that most of the question, you know, will, will come. Um, once again, keep in mind, I am, a, 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 I would say more scene film uh, specialist. So I'm just, you know, taking the lead for my colleague from AEM and Metco. So uh, uh, 
don't be surprised if I say something maybe wrong or not as accurate as I should be. Um, but you know, as any product, any technology, uh, there is not only one solution. So if we look to additive manufacturing, 3D printing, uh, there is a lot of different technology today out there on the market. Um, most of the time, we found what we call this metal powder bed uh, fusion, uh, where basically uh, you will have a, a slot with the powder, which is basically the material we're going to use to print the parts. Uh, and layer by layer, with a laser or multiple laser, we're going to actually melt the powder and build the part itself. Uh, similar technology is also what we call the, you know, the LS, SLS uh, technology, so selected laser sintering. So both are working in the same principle that layer per layer, we will build up the parts. Mm -hmm. Other technology, uh, or, or I would say even closer to the coating parts, you will see later, where basically you will have the powder and thanks to a laser beam, again, we're going to melt uh, uh, the powder of the product, and then again, we will build up the, the part. And recently we developed, we worked also with technology that we call CLIP, uh, which is basically mainly for the polymer application uh, when we combine, you know, the UV light uh, with the resin in order to build up also the part. So one of the strengths uh, uh, about Erlikon is that we work for the complete supply chain from uh, creating the powder, the material itself, uh, down to making, you know, the, the, the design of the parts in collaboration with the customer, print the parts, uh, do all the, I would say, the post-processing work. Uh, so including the, the, the machining, the heat treatment, uh, the surface finish, um, and then do the, the full final control, both visual on the coupon and on the parts uh, with the quality standards. So here, you know, we're not just a I would say a basic printing company. We can really cover the whole supply chain uh, for this kind of application. Um, just to give you some example also of the kind of material and size of, of machine that we use. Um, so here, these are the material that we print uh, the most commonly. Uh, so, you know, it goes from nickel, titanium, aluminum, metal, or copper base. Um, and we have a lot of different material, let's say qualified today where we got experience. Uh, but as you can imagine, we have a lot more, let's say exotic uh, uh, parts or material uh, based on very specific customer requests. But it can go from very small parts, very small machine up to, you know, part that goes from 500 to 500 to almost uh, 450 millimeter uh, uh, range. So we can go from very small parts to pretty big parts up to, you know, for example, a monocylinder uh, engine blocks. This is the kind of thing that we are already printing in the past. So again, it's just to give you a quick, a quick shot of the technology, but here AM again, complete supply chain, different material, and definitely different size of the machine depending on the needs. If we move then from the parts manufacturing to, to the, the coating, really the coating, um, I'm going to talk now about the, the, the seam film, so more the, what we call the Bazaar's application. Um, 
So again, think about it when we talk about coating. Uh, most of the case with a seam film application, we are looking to prevent the wear uh, and reduce the friction. So it means that 95% of our application are, are really tribological application. Uh, so this is why before talking about tribology, uh, just you know, a quick reminder, what is a tribal system? Um, so a tribal system will be composed of two different parts uh, that could be made of two different material um, and working into a, a certain environment. So this environment could be uh, oil, uh, you know, it could be part of the engine or it could be on a completely dry uh, situation. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you can have particles coming from the outside. Uh, you know, the, the engine won't work the same way if you're racing into the Dakar in the middle of the desert or if you're on the clean track uh, on the weekend. So all these parameter will be, the, let's say, the working environment. Um, and when you will start applying pressure and motion on one of the two parts into this environment, you will create what we call the third body. And this is where the whole magic happened, that the third body will be uh, then where you will create the wear, the friction, uh, the, the behavior of the component. So here it's a very basic reminder, uh, what is a tribal system? The reason why I'm, I'm showing this uh, is because when we talk about seam film, so again, keep in mind, uh, we are talking about few micrometer thick. Uh, surface roughness, surface finish actually matters because the coating is going to reproduce exactly the surface finish that we have before the coating. So if you got something shiny, highly polished, we do the coating, it's going to be the same afterwards. But if you get something which is very rough, uh, the coating will just reproduce exactly the surface. So the risk is that at the end, you have your coated parts with the high roughness and the coating will keep all the, you know, the high peak of the finishing. So if we come back to that uh, into our tribal system, so we get two components, you start applying pressure and you start putting a little bit of movement. So many things wrong can actually happen when you get your coated part. One of the possibility is that the coatings being so hard on the rough surface, you start to be abrasive for the counterpart. So in one hand, everybody is happy, the coated parts get no more wear, uh, but you know, for the whole system, you still have wear. So no good. Other possibility that the counterpart is hard enough, uh, leading to the fact that we're gonna start breaking the peaks of the roughness, and suddenly you will have micro-coated particle into your, you know, the, your third body. And suddenly you will have wear because it's gonna be very abrasive. Or third possibility that the counterpart is actually so soft that you will make a transfer of this soft material to the coated part. And suddenly you're back to uncoated, uncoated surface. So you don't have any benefits from the coating. So again, here is just a quick reminder that the coating is one thing, but the way you prepare the component before the coating 
makes a big difference at the end uh, for the use inside the engine, for example, uh, uh, if we talk about motorsports application. Okay. Um, so about the coating itself. Um, today, a lot of people are talking about, you know, uh, uh, they are saying, oh yeah, I'm using a coating. I'm using a PVD coating. I don't know, Jeff, if you ever heard about this kind of term, uh, but many people are mentioning PVD coating, uh, which is at a certain extent completely wrong because a PVD coating doesn't exist. PVD is in fact the technology that we're gonna use to apply the coating. And PVD stands for physical vapor deposition. So basically the principle that we will take the parts, put them inside a vacuum chamber, um, and then we have different processes how to make the coating. So one of them is what we call the sputtering. So on the side of the chamber, uh, we will have big targets which are going to be made of the material we want to apply on the parts. So it could be a chromium target, it could be a titanium target, it could be almost whatever material we want to apply. So the parts will be put onto planetary system uh, to have a good uniformity of the coating all over the parts. Um, and then we will create uh, you know, a plasma environment and from the target to the parts, with the plasma and, and the way the polarization of the parts, uh, we will have a movement of iron from the target to the parts. And this is how we're gonna do the coating at a certain extent. Here with the sputtering technology, uh, coating will be made below 250 degrees C. So we can almost coat every kind of material. Another technology which is very close uh, is what we call the PVD arc. Uh, where here in this case, we will again have solid targets of the material we want to apply. And we're gonna create an electrical arc on the surface. And by doing this, we will have a very dense, very hard coating, uh, but this process is made as much higher temperature uh, up to 500 degrees C. So we gotta be careful about the material of the parts. Another coating or technology which is very well used is what we call the DLC. Uh, DLC stands for diamond-like carbon. So it's uh, basically an amorphous structure between the graphite and the diamond. And this is why the DLC is very interesting because it gives a very low friction that you can get from the graphite, uh, but then the very high hardness from the diamond. But DLC is a big family of coatings. So everything you can find here uh, into this triangle, for example, on the chemical level uh, can be called a DLC. So DLC is not one, one thing. It's, it's somebody say I'm using a DLC coating, yes, I'm driving a car, but you have no idea about the performance, the characteristic of the coating. Here, the coating will be made again under vacuum, uh, but into a completely a complete plasma environment and it will be then done at a much lower temperature. So for sure below 250 degrees C, uh, we can even go down to 150 degree uh, to coat aluminum parts, for example. Um, DLC here, I mean, I'm, I'm pushing it really hard because DLC is probably the most used coating 
when we talk about valve train parts. Um, but I really push that because DLC is not one unique coating. It's a really wide family of coating. Uh, and depending what characteristic you're looking, um, you know, we can adapt the coating. And today, Erlikan Balzers has all the technology to cover all different family of DLC you can find. But, you know, here I showed you different coating, different technology. Um, unfortunately, today, there is not one coating for all. It doesn't exist. So depending the application, the parts, the environment, uh, we may have to go through different solution, meaning also different technology. So if you look mainly for friction and wear, it could be a carbon base like a DLC. Uh, if you look to uh, temperature protection, uh, for example, you know, on an exhaust valve, uh, we might go to a different uh, kind of coating that resists to much higher temperature. And if we want to go even higher, uh, then we might have to move to oxide coating that can resist to more than 1000 degrees C uh, temperature. So the coating industry is quite complex. And depending on the part, depending on the application, we will have to pick different technology. Do you get any question or I completely lost you already? No, no, no. I I'm trying to I'm trying to follow because you know the idea of charging some things you know with with a almost like a magnetic type of a charge to make it you know stick and then understanding the different temperatures of your coatings uh, I guess the one thing that I I'm curious about is when you go through the different applications and which you know you very nicely summed it up here on this final chart that you know exhaust stuff which in, in, you know, maybe brake type stuff, you know, that need to be coated would be in that 1200 degree, you know, that range. But other stuff you, we want to wear, it's not really, uh, it doesn't need to be, be superheated. So, you know, you have that range and you can you know, kind of like pinpoint it. But the other question I got is that on your coatings, for your coatings to be the most effective, do you have to have you know, matching surfaces. That makes sense. So uh, I see what you mean. Um, I will say that today we got many application where we're going to coat, you know, both parts, but you know, okay. the, the uh, if I take, for example, uh, in Formula One, when we go with the, you know, the finger, the, the, the rocker arm configuration, um, due to the level of load, very often we're going to call the finger follower, rocker arm, and the camshaft for example. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but in most of the case, coating only one of the two surface uh, will give you something like 80% of the total reduction you can get compared to if you code both parts. Uh, so, you know, this is why depending on the application, um, it sounds crazy, but depending on the budget, of course, uh, sometime coating one part, uh, it's going to be enough. You just got to be careful that the counterpart uh, is also not a big, you know, uh, bag of sand. Uh, you need to have also a highly polished surface against the coating, uh, or obviously it's not, it's never going to work. But it's not an obligation to get both parts coated. Um, one part coated gives you already a, a major benefit compared to no coating at all. 
with with the coatings you have just recently sent, you know, showed us, is your diamond diamond coating yep. the hardest, you know, in your family, or, or or is there something that's even more durable than that? No, I mean today when we look to again tribological application, when we look friction and wear. Uh, DLC remain the, the, the highest one. I mean, we are talking here up to, you know, 35, uh, 40 gigapascal hard. So uh, uh, it's probably uh, four to 10 times the material uh, hardness, depending on the, uh, depending on the substrate. So uh, here, the DLC uh, family is going to be really the highest hardness that we can get uh, at the moment. Okay. I know we kind of like we've touched on that, but I'm gonna make sure we focus directly on this. Rich Tormey, which is one of our attendees, is there any limitation about the material that can be coated? I have to say, I got to be careful on my answer because uh, if I say no, uh, uh, you know, uh, yes, we do have a limitation uh, for the coating itself. As long as the material is compatible with the coating temperature, we will have no issue. Uh, the only thing that we have to keep in mind that three or four micrometers thick coating uh, will not replace the hardness of the core part. You see what I mean? So mm -hmm. uh, if you get deformation, uh, it's not three micrometers that's gonna change uh, uh, this deformation. Uh, so you need to have a very hard substrate first that can support the load. And then the coating will just improve the wear and the friction, but not the deformation itself. Okay, we got another follow-up so question here from John, John Damasowicz, and he's wondering, are there any machinability issues with any coatings? Uh, again, three micrometer here in this case. So, uh, you know, sometimes we coat parts which are not fully machined, fully finished. Mm -hmm. uh, but for some reason, it's easier to coat the parts at a certain stage. So we apply the coating all over and then some very specific area or machine afterwards. Uh, and, and therefore, again, it's only three micrometer. So as soon as you get inside the material under the coating, uh, machining will be almost as usual. Um, and the coating won't, uh, you know, break. It's not because you're going to machine that where you're going to have the machining line, uh, the coating will start to, you know, come off or whatever. Right. Uh, it will be a clean, clean machine, clean line. Okay, very good. So let me, let me move then to, uh, uh, you know, other technology, which is more about the, the, the sick film coating. Uh, I know that there were already uh, previous presentation about this technology uh, already in EPAR trade, you know, with the Sumibor uh, coating, which is, uh, Sumibor is really a technology that we use specifically for cylinder board. Uh, and here, uh, we are again on a complete different technology. So basically, we're going to use uh, a torch, uh, where basically with the torch, uh, we're going to melt the, the powder and, and create, you know, this kind of spray. So basically, uh, all the, the particle, the powder uh, will be melted and somehow with the energy will be, you know, uh, uh, splashed onto the surface. So to use a reference from a colleague, 
uh, you know, all this kind of uh, pancake uh, uh, design uh, will be in fact the, the, the different particle of the powder melted, but with the energy uh, will be stuck and pile one on top of the other. And depending on the powder, depending on the composition, uh, you know, we can mix different things uh, uh, with uh, melted uh, things, oxide particle, uh, in order to give multiple properties to the surface. So if we look specifically to the, the, the cylinder bore, um, the process will be that, you know, we will get the blocks or the specific liner, uh, which will be slightly oversized. Uh, we will have to, let's say, activate the surface before. Uh, and at the opposite of the seam film, where you need to be perfectly polished, uh, actually here for the sick film, it's better to have a certain kind of roughness uh, in order that, you know, the particle get really embedded and melted onto the surface. So you prepare the surface, you pick the right material powder, depending on the, the, the property you're looking. Uh, then with a rotating torch, uh, we're going to apply the coating on the whole liner. And finally, as you saw, you know, with all these pancakes, uh, the surface will be completely uneven. So by doing a final machining owning, uh, then first you get the right uh, dimension and also you get the, the right finish needed for the application. Okay, well, let's slow down right there for just a second because this might apply sure. to the uh, question that came up. Your chart a moment ago, you know, there was a large range of hardness, you know, of the carbon-based coating. This is coming from James. Yep. Uh, it would seem that there would be some benefit if choosing a somewhat softer carbon coating so it would wear into its acting surface. Yes or no, and in why? And obviously, they said thank you. But I think you're kind of addressing some of this right here in front of this. Am I, am I wrong? So, I mean, again, the carbon coating uh, application and here the swimming board uh, are slightly, you're not looking for the same properties, but uh, I, will, I will actually answer uh, these questions in a few slides with an application and, and you will understand actually that the, I, I agree with him that sometimes having less hardness is actually better. But again, is, is application dependent and you will see it in, in, a, in, a, few, in a few slides. Fantastic. Um, so here, yeah, just to say, you know, in the same spirit as for uh, uh, AM, what we do on the supply chain, you know, with Metco, uh, basically, so here you can see uh, what I was talking about in terms of activation or preparation of the surface, you know, either we do via machining, so you will really make this kind of geometry or use a laser. And this way you increase the actual adhesion of, of the coating and the spray. Um, our work is, you know, literally the thermal spray and basically both on the activation or the owning, we work with a lot of uh, very good partner uh, around the globe, you know, depending if you're based in the US or in Europe or in Asia, for example, in Japan, uh, we are working with very uh, well-known with high reputation companies uh, about honing, for example, because we know it's a key part of the process. So here really our work, uh, but we can take over 
the whole supply chain here from activation to honing working with, with partners. All right, uh, enough about the technology. Uh, let, let, let me show you then now uh, some, uh, uh, some applications. So additive, uh, you know, it was very difficult for me to, to, to show a clear application because uh, the benefit of additives is that there is almost no limitation, almost. Uh, the big interest of additive is that actually you can go with very complex geometry. Uh, you know, you can do things that you will never achieve uh, with standard machining, with conventional machining. Mm -hmm. uh, the interest of additive that you can combine uh, different elements that with standard machining, you will have maybe three, four, 10 parts to compose you know, one system, while with, with the printing, you can print everything at once. Uh, you can play on the geometry. You, know, you can go with very thin wall uh, where again, it will be too risky to do with, uh, with traditional machining. And with the range of material we can cover, uh, you can really play uh, in terms of thermal properties, uh, making you know, cooling channel on, on complex parts, for example. Uh, you can parts based on copper, aluminum. Uh, there is definitely a lot of possibility and opportunity with, with, with AM. When we talk about additive and motorsports, uh, the interest is the speed. You know, printing, machining a part takes weeks, literally weeks. And we know in motorsports, every day's hours are key. Uh, so by going with the printing, you can be much, much faster than doing conventional machining. Uh, you can also then combine, as I said, uh, a different geometry, be faster, complex parts. Uh, and this is really where the, the whole interest of, of, uh, of additives uh, is today. Uh, if we look to the thin film, uh, as, I as I I have shown before, uh, most of the application we get are tribological application. So here on the screen, it's literally most of the parts you can find today inside an engine on the valve train. Uh, and here, DLC coating is the most used coating. So, you know, uh, it could be the flat tappets, a roller lifter, depend finger follower, then the camshaft. Um, here, this is where you will have the biggest loads, wear and friction. And by putting the coating on these parts, you will dramatically reduce uh, this effect. Piss and pin is probably now the most common application uh, uh, with, a, with a DLC coating. Uh, here, applying DLC on the pin will give both extra reability because you get less wear, uh, but it will also help you to get rid of the bronze bushing, for example, on the connecting road. So first you get rid of a weak part and it allows you to change slightly the design of your, of your connecting road uh, to save a few grams, uh, maybe give a different design. Uh, you know, when we were talking about the valve, uh, depending if we talk about an inlet valve or exhaust valve, uh, we are not looking for the same properties. On the stem, um, whatever the case, DLC will be the best coating because 
we are looking to the lowest friction possible again the guide you know the copper barium guide in in most of the case uh, but when we look to the coating on the head um, the temperature on the inlet and the exhaust won't be the same so for the exhaust side we will look to coating that can resist to really high temperature you know up to a thousand degrees c uh, in case of a turbo engine or these kind of things uh, inlet again it's going to depend on the engine but we can do different coating on the same valve uh, depending on the needs and depending on the kind of engine If we look then to the gear train, and this is where I'm going to answer the previous question about the hardness. Mm -hmm. uh, when we do coating on gears, uh, you know, gearbox and the gears, it's a mix between shocks, rolling, sliding. There is a lot of different things happening on, on the gearbox. And here in this case, actually, harder is not better. Uh, because if you go with a too hard coating, uh, it becomes brittle and basically can create cracks and, and get delamination. Uh, so here in this case, we will remain with the carbon-based coating because we look to reduce the friction, uh, but with a softer one. So this way, uh, we create some kind of a running in step uh, that also do a little bit of transfer from one part to another one. And for the gearbox, the interest will be, you know, to add the coating and push back, you know, the pitting and the wear that you can see on some gears, for example, on the teeth. But then, you know, we can coat also the shift trays, the selector fork, the dog rings. There is a lot of parts in movement inside a gearbox. Uh, and again, it's really case by case. And yes, harder is not always better. Um, here, a very common application that you know a lot of people see now on the market is the coating on the suspension tube, for example. Um, you know, very often you see this gold color on, on the tube, uh, which is in this case what we call a titanium nitride. Um, I think it could look nice on the bike, uh, but I'm more about technical property than really you know the look. Uh, so this is why we prefer, I prefer to apply a DLC coating on the tube uh, because we combine again the hardness for the friction, uh, for, for the wear resistance, uh, and then a very low friction. We did some tests with a couple of customers and, and we measure up to 20% reduction uh, in terms of the friction. And this translates to a benefit for the driver uh, because the, the, the suspension will be a little bit smoother and you get a better feeling, you know, with the track. So here is a good example where friction is really making a difference. Okay, let me interact, uh, inter interject this right quick then. The coating and making the difference right there. Yep. The 20% reduction in friction and that correlates back basically to heat, correct? No, it, it's literally about, you know, the, the, the interaction between the ceiling uh, and actually the, uh, the, the coating. So the 20% is not about the, the, the heat, it's really, uh, let's say, the power you need to make things move. Uh, due to the composition of the coating, you have less of the, let's say, the sticking effect that you can get with the seal, for example. 
Uh, and this is why basically you have uh, uh, this, this, this reduction. So it's not related to the heat, it's, it's more here in this case related to the composition of the coating and how it's reacting against the ceiling. Okay, because I was, I was, and the reason why I was saying that, I was thinking if you're reducing the friction, most time when you reduce friction, you reduce heat between the two parties. Uh, agree, agree. Okay. But uh, here on the suspension, uh, you know, we're not talking really about heat, uh, but I agree that on the valve train, sometime uh, it, it, it will have an impact. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, for the sick film application, so you know, we talked about the sumibore coating before uh, on the liner, but, but there is a lot more application depending what you're looking for. You know, um, we can look for more thermal barrier, uh, uh, you know, process and application, for example, on the head or on the piston crown, uh, there is a lot of possibilities. So the sumibore is really on the inside of the liner. Uh, and for very severe application, uh, we can do the coating also on, 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 the, on the inside of the, uh, of the connecting road uh, to be less abrasive. Uh, and there is a lot of things on the engine uh, where we can apply the coating. But again, uh, between the thick film and the thin film, um, I will say that these coating are not really in competition. Uh, they are more complementary simply because they have different properties today. Okay, Mark, um, we, have a, we have another comment here. And sure. you, know, you were talking about all the different varying parts and pieces like that. But from your comments about surface finish, would you recommend an REM finishing prior to the DLC coating on gears? Um, all right, let me come back to gears. Um, so, you know, we know from the industry that the, the, the REM finish uh, is giving a great benefits uh, because once again, you know, by applying the REM finish, you get rid of all the positive peaks of the roughness. Uh, and therefore you get a better contact and therefore you get a better performances. Uh, but you doesn't change, you don't change by doing it the way that you may have wear and the peating effect. You can postpone it, uh, but after a certain time, you will still have the wear and the peating. Uh, so having a REM finish plus a coating on top uh, is definitely a possibility. And the coating will actually act like it's gonna, you know, uh, freeze the status of the part. It will keep the nice finish and the very smooth finish you get from the REM finishing. Uh, but we saw also in many application in our case that by doing a microblasting uh, prior our coating, which is in this case what we call the Balinit C, uh, we have also a very good adhesion and a very good behavior. And once again, uh, we have that because the balinity is not that hard compared to a DLC coating. Mm -hmm. So yes, we can do the coating on top of a rain finish part, uh, but for the gears, it's not the only solution once again. I hope that helps, helps James out right there. Thank you for the uh, explanation. Are you welcome. Um, -da -da. All right. Uh, one thing that you know we should I should mention is that today um, many of the application that we code um, have been you know upscale 
uh, for many applications. That's why we, we call about from track to road. Uh, there is a lot of coating uh, that we applied for, for racing application, uh, which are now used on, on road vehicle. You know, it could be motorbikes, it could be uh, sports cars, supercar, these kind of things. Uh, but today there is a lot of things that we developed in the past, which are now also used on the road. I mean, when you look to some supercar today on the market, uh, we got a, a thousand horsepower uh, and et cetera. Uh, the level of load is, is really incredible. So you need to look for similar solution and performance that what you get on the racing side. So this is why today for Ericon, you know, uh, we code literally from application from one part uh, and we get other application when we code almost a million parts per year because it's going to be a road car application. Right. Um, so it's just to say that the application are not only for, uh, you know, high-end racer application with top-notch budget and et cetera. Uh, coating today are really something that could be applied at any level as long as you want to push the limit. And one of the good things, you know, being and working with Erlikan is that with all the different technology that we have, um, you know, again, if we come back to the pistons uh, area, you know, you can look about Erlikan AM working and designing a pistons and printing the pistons. Um, then, you know, with Balzers or the Metco, depending on what you're looking, we can apply the coating on the piston itself. Um, then we're going to coat, you know, the piston ring with again different solution, uh, and then it's going to work against uh, a, a sumibore coated liner. Mm -hmm. So it's true that you know today by talking with Erlikan, uh, you know we are looking to combine solution, uh, and and right now actually we are working on a big project in, in finding the best combination between. Uh, coating on the piston ring and, and a coating into the liner in order to get the lowest friction possible and the lowest wear. Uh, this is not possible uh, with other company. You know, uh, If you want to do that with another coating company, you will have to talk to one company for the ring, one company for the, for the liner. Uh, here, you get only one company to talk with. So this is really one of the strengths of, of Erlikan at the moment. If you have to, uh, you know, keep something in mind uh, after this long presentation, and sorry if I've thrown a, a lot of details and, 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 and information today, but uh, Erlikan today is definitely a, a global supplier. And, and for some application, as you saw, uh, we are really working from designing and manufacturing the powder, the equipment, down to manufacturing the parts and, and putting the coating. Um, and big strength is that with everything we get, both on manufacturing parts or the different coating technology that we have, uh, we can cover almost any kind of solution. Keeping in mind that the only goal is always to increase the performances. Uh, and this is, you know, the heart of motorsports, how to do more, better, faster all the time. Um, most of the time we consider ourselves as a, you know, a design element that when you think about a new application, uh, start thinking immediately about the coating. Uh, 
we will support you. We will help you about maybe a little bit about the design, about the surface finish. Uh, what are the best condition to, to apply the coating or how to design the parts? So we really want to act as a partner into the design of the parts and the application instead of just being an extra supplier on the list. Uh, and if I look to the team worldwide, as I said, based in the US, in Europe or in Asia, uh, we get people working uh, for many, many years in the motorsports industry. So we get kind of good connections, uh, uh, very well, uh, big knowledge about the application. So, uh, uh, you know, we can help you whatever the application, at least I think. <laughs> it sounds like that for sure. Um, question right now for me is, you know, where is your base of operation? I mean, are, are you located in, in other countries or is every, everything pretty much, you know, in, in one spot? No, I mean, today, if I look, for example, to Europe, this is where we got the, the, the most centers, uh, you know, for DLC and engine parts, uh, most of the things are done in France. Uh, but we have also a lot of application that we do, we do in the UK, uh, in Germany, in Italy, in Austria, uh, uh, you know, just to name the, the biggest one in Europe. Uh, in the US, we got two facilities today. Uh, one which is, for example, in, in uh, uh, South Carolina, in, in, in Rock Hill. Uh, and then we got uh, uh, Elgin in Illinois, uh, which are both doing the coating for the motorsports industry. Uh, but then we got plants, you know, uh, uh, in Japan. Um, and we got several plants also in Asia, South America. Uh, but for the motorsports industry, it's really the, the few countries I told you in Europe, uh, two plants in the US and then one factory uh, in, in Japan where we get the biggest knowledge. Well, that's good to know. I can run right down the road. Rock Hill is only about uh, 35 miles from where I'm at right now. So uh, I, maybe I need to run down there and, and, and uh, take a look at it firsthand because it, it does intrigue me the way, Mark, the way your company is approaching all of this and uh, you know we've had an opportunity to work or and see with other companies that are part of a portrait uh as far as machining and deburring and everything like that but it leads right into what you guys specialize in after a process but also the fact that i can bring you an idea and you can work with me on the engineering side and we can go basically from a to z and 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 get something done Exactly. I mean, and again, uh, of course, if you're around, uh, you will be very welcome. You know, if you want to have a, a deeper look on, on how the coating is made, mm -hmm. uh, you know, very often people think that coating is almost just a, a basic spray. Uh, but no, it goes through a lot of different steps from getting the parts, clean the parts, mount them, put into the chamber, uh, you know, all the visual aspects, 100% of the parts are visually controlled. So, uh, is not just a basic paint that we're going to put on the part. Yeah, like I say, I find it you know quite intriguing and, and interesting um, how this has evolved. And again, the the I was when I was reading the technology part of it uh, about your the broad base of, of your company, I started thinking, man, how could this really in, you know integrate into what we are doing in the motorsports field? But then you jump up and say, well, I've been doing it for twenty years. It's like it's easy to see now. Where you've been working hand in hand with and i'm sure that a lot of it comes because of being in the backyard of world rally as well as formula one teams there and the the uh 
technology that drives that industries, those both those industries and how this would work. So, you know, my compliments, sir. Thank you very much. Well appreciate. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, very often people ask me, but Mark, how, how did you still survive in the motorsports industry? You know, because uh, you got to be passionate. Yeah. And, and believe me, all the people that I know from this industry, they love their job, you know, uh, uh, working uh, with, with, uh, with big uh, teams, uh, company, engine builder, part maker, uh, you know, having taxis sleeping on the car park, waiting for the parts and et cetera. This is our daily job. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, and, and you have to do that. If you want to be part of the motorsports industry, you have to wear it this, this way and this spirit. So, uh, yeah, we will see, you know, been 20 years in, uh, not sure I'm going to last 20 years again, uh, <laughs> but, uh, we will see. <laughs> hey, real quick. Uh, uh, John has got another question. He says, does the coating on the intake valve help in flow on the underside of the valve or is it only for thermal? Uh, actually, if we go on a seam film coating on the, uh, you know, on the fire face, uh, the seam film coating will have no impact on the thermal uh, properties because it's too thin. Mm -hmm. um, if you really want to go to a, a thermal impact, then we're going to have to go to a thick coating. Uh, but again, as I said, on the valve, it's really most, most complex parts because from the stem to the head to the, the fire face, you can have different coating, different technologies. Uh, case by case. But for thermal, that's going to be a thick coating. That will be the best answer. Well, as I said earlier, we got about uh, two minutes left here in our time. So if anything else you want to maybe share with us about anything that you guys have in the works as far as uh, new products that are getting ready to be coming out and being available? I know that you guys are working 24-7 trying to come up with things, but... We know we, we do. We, we try to work on coating, which was always harder, smoother, uh, because, you know, our customers are pushing us on a daily basis. It is, Mark, what do you get new? Uh, do you get anything that would last longer? Uh, and, you know, we are very much driven by the, the regulation. Uh, uh, when NASCAR or Formula One start to say that all the engine has to last longer, uh, you know, the quickest solution is basically to apply a coating. Uh, so, you know, this is where we also push to find always better solution. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. But more to come in the coming years, months, no doubt. Really enjoyed this. I've really got my eyes opened up on some things that I didn't really know about. Really appreciate it. Also want to make a real quick thank you to the folks at ARP for joining ePartrate and being a strong supporter of uh, this program that allows us to bring you know, folks like Mark on and have an opportunity to kind of quiz them to get some insight where normally, you know, it might be a little challenging. So thanks to everybody who joined us today. And again, thank you for taking time for us today. Jeff, we have one last question. Do you want you to run it for Mark quickly and then we can wrap it up? One more question. I oh see one God. more question in the chat. Oh, I see it now. James uh, run one in a real quick. Uh, sorry about that, Mark. I'll have to hit you up for one more. Does the DLC coating, your diamond coating, have an increased affinity for lubricants versus the metal surfaces? I mean, we could do a dedicated webinar only on this topic. So uh, uh, I would say that it, it's, it is a complex question. Uh, it has an effect. Uh, it can completely change the property. 
but uh, this is why, again, case by case. But yes, additive, lubricant, and DLC can change the way it works. But it's and, a huge topic. Real quick, I saw one part of it during our uh, webinar that there was uh, for questions. You guys do have a have people who can you can call up and get more in depth information uh, like this if you if you have more want more knowledge and want more more knowledge. Sure. Yeah, I will do so. Okay. So, but th thank you very much, Mark, and uh, we'll invite you back for another one. Yes, as you mentioned, we could do a second one. And thank you for sharing so much expertise. Uh, it was really great to have you on. Thank you, Jeff, as always, it's a brilliant job. And, uh, and thank you, our great folks at ARP. So we'll be back next week at uh, nine o'clock for a double feature, Judy, correct? Yes, we have SCAT coming on and also still racing products. So yes, we'll do. A, we'll have a two hours, uh, a two sessions of one hours next Wednesday. In the meantime, we pushed Mark's product early cons uh, on the homepage of Epar Trade. So please take advantage of the platform. Thank you very much. The webinar has been recorded. It will be posted later on on epartrade.com. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Registering on Epar Trade is easy. Fill out your name email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now, and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.